In the name of Jesus, amen. For 51 Sundays, God tells you to not be conformed to this world or to imitate the world's sin or passions or desires. But today, God teaches you something else. He teaches you actually to copy the world. Jesus usually tells us what not to do with money, that is not to love it or hoard it or to spend it on ourselves. But today, Jesus tells us what we should do with money. Today, Jesus teaches the parable of the shrewd manager. To be shrewd means to be sharp-witted or clever or ingenious. And so listen to how clever this steward is. I'm going to put it into language that you're used to. So there's a boss and there's an employee. And the boss tells the employee, look, you're going to be fired because I found out that you're wasting my goods and you're going to have to give an account for everything that you've done. So you're going to lose your job. And so the employee says to himself, okay, so what do I do? I can sit here and cry or I can come up with a plan. I'm about to get fired and I know that I'm too weak to to work construction. I'm too embarrassed to beg on the street. So I need to come up with a plan to make a lot of friends so that I can mooch off of them and they can take care of me. <laughs> so what did this employee do? He called everyone who owed the boss money. He asked, he, he asked them, how much do you owe the boss? And one customer says, I owe him $10,000. And the employee says, well, guess what? You only owe him 5,000 now. He has no authority to do this, but he's doing it anyway. Then he goes to another and he says, how much do you owe? And he says, 2,000. And he says, well, guess what? You only owe 800 now. He's doing them favors. He does them the favor of reducing the amount they owed the boss. So that uh, when he does this, he does them a favor so that they are obliged to owe him a favor in return later. So think about it. If someone cut your mortgage bill in half, you wouldn't be mad. In fact, you'd feel obligated to return the favor in some way, shape, or form, or to invite them over for dinner, or to uh, have compassion on them in some way when they're in need. So the boss finds all of this out. And what does he do? Before firing him, the boss smirks and compliments the employee, because even though the boss ended up losing money in the end, he had to admit that this employee was really clever. This quick-witted rascal found a way to make friends with things that were not his, things that didn't belong to him. And though he'd soon be jobless and homeless, he found a way to make others take care of him and to have a bed to sleep in and food to eat at the end of the day. So after this parable, Jesus says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. So what in the world does this mean? First, you have to see that Jesus is teaching us that unbelievers, that is the sons of this world, are more clever than Christians, the sons of light. You can just turn on the TV and watch any real crime show on TV or watch the news. And you take, for instance, uh, just the other week, I saw a news story about all of the ways that Florida drivers are avoiding paying highway tolls. And one driver, he would take grease and wipe it on his license plate every morning so that the cameras couldn't read his plate. And he would just drive right past the, the toll without having to pay. 
And then another driver created a special lens that he put over his license plate. And when you looked at it from a a certain distance or an angle, it inverted the numbers or distorted them so that the cameras couldn't get the accurate reading of his license plate. And then another, and this is the most clever of them all, he attached a string from his license plate to the dashboard of his truck. And when he was driving through the toll, he would pull the string and the license plate would flip up into the truck and nobody could see it. And I thought, man, these guys are genius. This is brilliant. Uh, so, but before you go out and try it, don't. It's illegal. <laughs> it's called toll evasion. The government forbids it. And even more, God forbids it in the seventh commandment. You shall not steal. So don't think about doing it. But we can't help ourselves that whenever we see this on the news or watch the heists or see uh, uh, documentaries about the strategies to rob casinos or the tactics of pickpockets or the complicated money laundering schemes that people come up with, we stand in awe, complete awe, at what they do. Even though what they do is evil, we have to grant that. You have to admit it. That these guys are clever and they're very, very impressive. And I always think, how in the world did they come up with this? How did they think of this? It's brilliant. They thought, this thought didn't even cross my mind and they've been doing it without getting caught for so long. And if they only use this cleverness for good. And the thing is, we should be ashamed of ourselves when we see this. That they're not even worshiping the right God. Yet they are way more devoted to their false God than we are to the one true God. Their devotion to the things of this world exceeds our devotion to God. It's a strange truth that sinners in this world work harder at their sin than Christians work at loving their neighbor. If the world works hard to sin, then we should work twice as hard to do good. If the world is clever to get what they want, then we should be clever to do what is good and what is better, what is decent and right. It's as if Jesus says, look, look at all of these scoundrels running around, cheating, staying up all night, thinking about what to do next. See how hard they work at their theft and their malice. Now consider yourselves. I've given you all of this time, all of this money, all of this ability, and you barely give it any thought. You thoughtlessly squander all the good that I give you. So this is precisely what Jesus is teaching us here today. That the sons of this world are indeed more shrewd than the sons of light. And the second thing is this. Imitate them. Don't imitate their godlessness or their thievery or sin. Imitate their shrewdness. And that will be commended. If unbelievers use their money to work for their advantage, then you should use your money to work for your advantage. Jesus says, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. So he's basically saying this. Use your money and the things God has given you in this life to make friends forever. Use all of the resources that you have, not for yourself like the godless pagan, but use it to serve others. In a word, be generous. And learn that this generosity has eternal consequences. When you serve and bless your neighbor, it's not for this life alone, but also for the life to come. And so the point is, how how exactly do you make friends for yourselves using unrighteous wealth? Well, you use your time, your ability, your money to support the pure preaching of the gospel. 
Think about it. The only thing in this life that will be with you in the life to come is the word of God and all of those who put their trust in it. And that's it. The only thing that you have now that will also be with you in eternity is God's word and those who trust him. Everything else will pass away and everything else will turn to dust. So you put your money where your mouth is, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. If you're a Christian and you love the gospel, then put your money to work for your neighbor by making sure the gospel is preached here in this church. The truth is that we don't do this all the time. We don't naturally think this way. This is why Jesus has to teach us. We don't naturally think of how to be clever and use every penny to advance the gospel and to, uh, uh, to, to bring people into heaven. We think of ourselves first and then our neighbor. We view money as something that's mine, that belongs to me first, and not something that God has given us or blessed us with. And so that's why it's so hard to part with it, because we think it's ours, it belongs to us. So we think, look, I don't have to worry or uh, if, if I give or help the church, that doesn't matter. The church will be here tomorrow and the gospel will be preached. But just as quickly as God put this church here, he can also take it away. So what are we to do? We listen to Christ as he points out our greed and laziness, as he points out how the world loves themselves better than we know how to love God. And so we repent of this. We repent of our laziness, our indifference, and our lack of concern for our neighbor. We turn our eyes to Christ, our dear Lord, who has made us his friends unto eternal life by using every single thing in his life to work for our salvation, to benefit us. He was more shrewd than the devil and all the sons of darkness. The manager, or the, the, the manger, uh, the cross, the thorns, the nails, all of these things he used not for his own gain, but to receive you into eternal dwellings. He gave everything he had, his life, his sweat, his blood, his tears, to get what he wanted and loved the most, you. He gave all he had to you. And after all these things, he doesn't call you a servant or a slave, but he calls you his friend. So repent of whatever greed or anxiety or worry that is causing you to hold on tightly to your time or your money or your possessions. Repent and make friends for yourselves as Christ has made you his friend. And learn that Jesus not only used everything for your benefit and for your salvation, but that he has promised that everything in your life will be for the benefit of others. So whenever you see the shrewd sins of this world, you outdo their evil shrewdness with good. So dear saints, this is how to concretely use your gifts for making friends that will last forever. You use your money to support your congregation. Because when the Holy Spirit gathers people into this sanctuary that you help keep open, when he gathers these people around you to hear the righteousness of Christ, when he gathers people around you uh, to, to receive his blood and his forgiveness, then you will have made for yourselves eternal friends in Christ. Use your money to build the sanctuary that we've been longing for for decades now. A sanctuary that is objectively beautiful with crucifixes 
and stained glass that preaches the gospel and architecture that instills reverence and fear, a fear of God into your children's children. Do everything you can to get this school preaching the gospel in each and every classroom by filling them with Lutheran teachers who believe, teach, and confess the same thing that we do in this church so that our children have a place to learn the truth of God in the midst of a world that rejects Him. You support the mission work of the church around the world. You support pastors as they leave everything they have to proclaim the gospel in foreign lands, in Spain, in the Dominican Republic, and in Africa, as they place Bibles and hymnals and catechisms into the hands of those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You support them as they build seminaries from the ground up and form faithful pastors for generations to come. You help them build churches for the hungry and the dying. Through their work, dear saints, you are making friends with saints halfway across the world. Friends whose language you don't speak, whose culture you don't share, but whose God and eternal life you have in common. And when the day comes that we will suffer for being faithful in this land, when the day comes that we will be taxed into poverty, when the day comes that the rain cloud of the gospel has moved on, then those friends that you have made will welcome you into their homes and churches across the sea. Leave your money to your church that will need it after you have died so that they can keep hearing the gospel of Christ preached day in and out. Give future generations of Christians an inheritance by supporting pastors who are faithful to God's word so that these Christians who will face harder days than you are and who will endure far more and, and worse persecution than you have will still have a place to baptize their children and receive the body and blood of Christ. Give money to serve your neighbors who have not yet been born. And in the resurrection, you will meet them for the first time as they receive you into eternal dwellings. Use everything that God has given you in this life to make friends for yourselves. Not only in this life, but also in the life to come. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.